need to get a couple of things out of the way. I am not British. I am from Brisbane. Okay, the second thing I need to get out of the way is that I absolutely love this church. Like I am, I feel so at home because our church in Sheffield is literally the League of Nations. And so looking at your band this morning who have gone, um, not looking at them because they've gone, um, looking at your band this morning is like looking at our church on a Sunday as well. Every nationality, so multicultural and drummer boy. Where's Drummer Boy? Do they come back out from behind the curtain or do they just have Smoko? <laughs> drummer Boy, where's Drummer Boy? <laughs> drummer Boy, listen. Drummer Boy, are you here tonight, Drummer Boy? Are you here tonight? Oh. Because I had a word from heaven for you. Oh. Go now. Come here, drummer boy. <laughs> See, they were hiding behind the curtain having morning tea. You, there's more to you than you think. There's, there's more in your heart than you think. And you dismiss at times, you dismiss the level of what God's put in you. And God wants to encourage you today that there is much more to you than you think there is. And God has a much bigger plan for your life. You're looking at me like I've got two heads. I've only got one. <laughs> there is much more to your future than you realize. And God, right now, in this moment, when you thought he was doing nothing, he is crafting an answer today to your prayer. And you've been crying out to him, and you're like, God, I don't feel like you're answering. And God wants to say to you this morning, I'm crafting an answer even as I speak right now, God says, I'm crafting an answer for you and it'll be a spectacular miracle. And God is going to turn stuff around in your world, in your family, in your work, in everything you do. He's going to turn it around for, for his glory and for your good. And you will look back and you will think, wow, why did I ever doubt that God was active all that time in Jesus' name? Now you can go and have coffee. Off you go. Beautiful. So I better get stuck in. Um, I want to share my, my story this morning. And um, I'm just believing this morning that as I speak, um, many people in this place, their hearts will be touched and they would realize that the hand of God is on their lives and that he wants to use where they have been. Because God uses where we've been to craft where we go. And so I'm going to start um, just at the very beginning and tell you a little bit about the work of City Hearts and then go back and tell you my story. So City Hearts is a charity that I began 12 years ago in the UK and it's grown and grown and grown and it's now to the point I have 130 staff, it's nuts. And we have the British government contract to rescue victims of human trafficking. And over the last five years, we have rescued four and a half thousand people. It's just the most stunning thing. And right now in my care, right now today, actually this is hot off the press, but right now in my care I have 320 people. And yesterday we had a, a brothel raid in Sheffield and five men have been arrested and are charged with human trafficking. And we have multiple people in our care just from yesterday. And so I'm starting with that to go back to tell my story. 
Because of what I want you to understand is that whatever you've been through in life, God has a reason for it and he wants to take you somewhere with what you've been through. So I'm going to start at the beginning because as the saying goes, it's a very good place to start. And I was born. <laughs> and I was born on the 4th of February, 1966, which at this point you're supposed to say, there's no way she's 51. Um, but I was born into a single mother's home in Brisbane for unwanted babies. And I was abandoned at birth and left unwanted and unloved in this home for single mothers in Queensland. And 10 days later, this incredible couple walked into this home for unwanted babies. And you've got to understand, two years before, they had adopted my, my big brother, Robert. And uh, my big brother, Robert, is blonde and blue-eyed and fair-skinned. And, and I'm not blonde. This is fake. Um, they came and looked for me, this little baby, and I was brown-haired and brown-eyed and olive-skinned. And they, they turned around and left the hospital. And they were, weren't really Holy Spirit-type Christians at that point, but they felt something arrest them at the door of the hospital. And so they turned back around and went and adopted this little baby. And so I became Jenny. Are you ready for it? Enid. I've, I've needed healing my entire life for that name. So I became Jenny Enid Stewart. And so I was adopted into this wonderful home with absolutely incredible parents, actually, that loved Jesus. But I, as a child, battled incredibly with incredible rejection, incredible insecurity and inferiority. And my mum told me she's in heaven now. For, she passed away four years ago at 86, beautiful life. Um, but she told me that as a little girl, I, I never, ever once had another child home to play. I could not con connect. Even me being on this platform today is more than a miracle than you realize. And I could not connect with other children. And I just felt very unwanted. I felt that if somebody was talking the other side of the room, they were talking about me badly. And so I started this process. It was like a cognitive decision as a child that I was going to become somebody that was worthwhile. And it, and it wasn't done healthy in a healthy way. And many uh, young women that have problems in their life, they'll turn to eating disorders or alcohol abuse or drug abuse. But I became the super achiever. So I became the opposite person. And um, I was that girl at school that you didn't like. Because I went to Brisbane Girls Grammar School. You can tell, can't you? I am so incredibly posh. Um, I went to Brisbane Girls Grammar School and I was the ducks of the school. I was... Um, school champion athlete, which is quite funny now because I have two artificial hips from doing all that running. Um, you can't tell, can you? But they're there. Trust me. I, I know every time I go through that airport that they're there. <laughs> and um, so I became this girl that, that had to prove myself and was battling with incredible rejection inside my heart. Now, um, all this was going on in my life and I'm deliberately going on through here because I really want to minister to you this morning. And um, at 16, when I finished, I finished my grade 12 at 16, I was very young. And um, two weeks after that, my, my dad that brought me up died suddenly, just, uh, he actually collapsed in church and was dead within a week. And um, I was left very, very alone in the world. 
with a very rejected heart, very insecure. I remember in this year, and this is interesting, I don't often say this, so it must be for somebody this morning. In that year when I was 16, 17, I had no friends. I deferred going to uni um, because I was so brokenhearted about my wonderful dad. And I would go home every night and go into my bedroom and shut the door and cry. But I met Jesus that year in my bedroom in the most profound way. And he would come, the Holy Spirit would come nearly every night and I'd sit on my bed and I'd come home and he'd be waiting for me. And it was the most stunning moment when I I got to know Jesus so profoundly at 17 years old. Long story right down the line, we end up in uh, Sheffield in the UK, which is just a whole nother story. (laughs) My husband and I got married at 19 and been in the ministry for 32 years. And when we went to the UK, uh, I was four months pregnant when we went. It was cray cray. <laughs> we knew nobody in the UK, completely by faith, pregnant. Nuts. But I've survived, so God's faithful. And um, I decided soon after having my son Ryan that I needed to deal with the rejection in my spirit because I didn't want to hand down to the next generation what was lessoing my spirit. And so I decided that I was going to find my real family. And they changed the law in Queensland in the early 90s that you could get your original birth certificate. So I wrote off and got this birth certificate and a couple of months later got it back and it had my birth mother's name on it, Heather May Salter. And it had a cattle station address right, right in the outback of Queensland, which was on my original birth certificate. So I wrote off to this cattle station. And three months later, I get a letter back. And uh, in this letter, I was wondering what was on the screen, and the engine is still running. (laughs) That could be bad, because you may not be able to get home. So I get this letter back, and I open it up, and it's a letter from my birth mum. And of course, her brother was still on the cattle station. And um, I discover I have four half-brothers and a half-sister, one of whom used to play for the Wallabies. His name's Brett Robinson, if you want to look it up. This is my, used to captain the ACT Brumbies. And I discover this family. And so for six months, Heather and I wrote to each other and I come back to Australia to meet Heather. And I got my 80s perm beautifully done into a French plat and extra large shoulder pads for the occasion, early 90s, and went into Brisbane to meet my my birth mother. Now, you've got to understand that I thought in this moment that I would deal with all the issues of my soul, that I would find my mum and my dad and my insecurity and my rejection, and all the stuff that had boiled over in my life for so long would be fixed. And so I sit down with my five-foot-one mother, um, go figure. <laughs> I sit down with her and, and we're, we're talking and it was a beautiful moment because finally I found someone that I looked like. And um, I sat down with her and she said, Jen, I suppose you want to know who your father is. Now, like I said, you've got to understand in this moment, I'm coming to my healing. I'm coming to the healing of rejection and inferiority and massive insecurity. And she looks me in the eye and she says, Jen, 
She says, I was gang raped and you're the baby. What do you do with that? Because I'd always felt unwanted and unloved. I'd always felt like I was the runt of the litter. And here I find myself in a situation where my worst fears were actually proved true. That I was the runt of the litter. That I was unwanted and unloved. I felt dirty. I felt very alone. But God. God began to minister to my spirit to carve out my future. Somebody just died. <laughs> the last, it's her uh, last thing as the youth pastor. She's going right now to collect the dying teenager from the stairs. Come back. God gave me my life scripture. It's Jeremiah 1 verse 5. It says, Jen, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. And so I began on a journey of fatherhood. I began on a journey of understanding that God had destiny written all over my life. And I want to read to you this amazing scripture that God brought me to from Ezekiel 16. And this is my story, and I trust the word of God just lavishes over your soul today. So this is my story from Ezekiel 16. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, or nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloths. No one looked on you with pity, or had compassion enough to do any of things for you, for rather you were thrown out into the open field. From the day you were born, you were despised. Then I passed by, and I saw you, kicking in your blood, and as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live. I made you grow like a plant of the field. You grew and developed. And then this part of the scripture right now, we skip over because it's slightly X-rated for a Sunday morning. And then we move on further along in the scripture. And then it says, later, I passed by. And when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body. And I gave you a solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the sovereign Lord. And you became mine. I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. I clothed you with an embroidered dress and put fine sandals. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewelry. There's every woman's scripture. I put bracelets on your arm and a necklace round your neck. And then it says, because the splendor I have given you makes your beauty perfect. Then I pass by. And I saw you. And I just feel to stop for a moment this morning and say that there is destiny written upon every single life. 
And there is destiny written today upon you, whatever experience you have gone through, whatever brokenness you have experienced, there is destiny written on you. Before I go any further, I want to say, tonight I am going to preach a message called Guard the Dream. And tonight I'm really going to minister to people because we let go of the dream sometimes because of the brokenness in our own souls. So as I was doing this journey with God, God said to me, Jen, this is your choice right now because your past can either be a container or a springboard. It's your choice. I remember that moment, and for some of us, we're, making that, we're going to make that choice this morning. Because we can choose at times to stay encapsulated by our story, or we can choose to allow God to take our experience and use it. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, Jen, this is your choice. You can stay in that pain or you can choose instead to step out. And I had no idea what stood on the other side of that decision. No idea. And God promised me three things. And I want to share with you this morning those three things that God promised me. You're still alive out there. The first thing God promised me was this. He said, Jen, I'm going to give you divine forgetfulness. At my age... That's a very good excuse. It's divine. It's all it is. It's divine. But you know, when I wake up in the morning, I don't think I'm the baby of a gang rape. I think, where's the coffee? But that wasn't always the case. And I remember I was in a meeting once. And you know when you're in those meetings and your hero is sitting in the, the row in front of you. And you're wanting to look like you have it all together. So in front of me was sitting... Bobby Houston and Christine Kane. And, and God began to touch me about my life. And I was crying and it wasn't, I don't pretty cry. It was snot cry. It was a mess. And I remember Bobby Houston, how humiliating, turning around to me and saying this. He said, Jenny, you cannot change your story, but you can change your future. And it began a journey in me of choosing not to linger around my pain. Do you know Isaiah 43, the famous scripture says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Now we love to linger. We love to drape ourselves over in consequence. We all do it. We love to come to church and give the pastor the sympathy eyeball. We all do it because, because pain at times can be a comfort blanket. And God wants to move us. You thought it was nice to this point. Now you're going to change your complete decision on me. Iron fist, velvet glove. You can linger too long. And the rest of the scripture says, behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And if we spend our lives draping ourselves over our past, we will never reach the place where God wants to use our parts to bring us into a greater future. So God says, do not dwell. It's not a place 
to dwell around pain. We love to build a campfire and toast marshmallows. God says, stop it. Just stop it. I want to give you divine forgetfulness. I want you to move on. And then he said to me, Jenny, I want to give you divine fruitfulness. Do you know there's an interesting character in the Bible called Joseph? And he'd been through incredible abandonment and pain and betrayal. And there's this amazing verse when it says that God has made me forget all the trouble of my father's household. And God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. It is no coincidence that this year alone in City Hearts, 35 babies have been born. And they are all baby of rape. They are all me. And I find it interesting that the Bible says that I want to give you fruit in the land of your suffering. That God wants to come today and give you fruit in the very thing that you thought would break you. And God wants to come today and say to you, do you know what? Your experience is the very thing that I want to anoint and I want to use. And I want to take the very thing that you've experienced and make you a minister in the very land of your brokenness. And our God is just incredible at doing that. Do you know there's this amazing verse in John when it says, John chapter 12, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And sometimes life, the older I get, the more I realize life involves a lot of life. And sometimes in life, we feel like we are going through a dying experience. Good. Because when we die, God breathes resurrection. And when we die, God breathes multiplication. And God wants to multiply what he has placed within your spirit. I had no idea. When God was challenging me to step out of my pain and into my future, I had no idea that thousands and thousands and thousands of lives that stood on the other side of one decision. No idea. Who stands this morning on the other side of your decision today to no longer linger around the inconsequence of yesterday? Who stands there? What lives are going to be touched because you choose to walk through the doorway into your future today and not linger around yesterday. Anybody out there? And the third thing that God promised me was this. He said, Jen, I want to give you divine authority. Now listen, he's talking about Joseph. And he, in the Bible, in the story, he, he went through so much abandonment and betrayal and pain. And God spoke to him and said, I'll make you fruitful. But what actually happened to Joseph is he ended up second in charge 
in the very land that he suffered. He ended up with incredible authority. I could preach on Melchizedek. I never will because I'm not a Bible teacher and I like to dabble deliciously in the shallow end of, Chris, of these things. But even if I did, broken people will be healed. Because God has given me an authority over brokenness. God has caused my life to be a deliverer. I deliver people from slavery and I deliver spirits from slavery. And this morning, God is going to, I'm speaking a word this morning over the brokenness in your soul. I'm speaking a word this morning over stuff that has held you bound, some for years and years and years. And God wants to speak a word into your spirit today over your brokenness and say, this is it. It's over in Jesus' name. Because I know that God has given me divine authority to speak over pain and say enough, enough in Jesus' name. And we all in a room this size will carry so many stories. We'll carry years of pain. And I am in this place today to say to you that God wants to use what you've been through. It's not something that needs to contain you for the rest of your life. You will not be contained. You have such a large heart and a large spirit. And you compare yourself constantly to other people. And God would say to you this morning, he has placed authority in your spirit and it's time for you to use it. God says he wants you to step up to the plate and use the authority that he has placed within you. And don't let the accusation of people or the enemy distract you from what God's got for you. That's a good word. You're glad you sat in the front row, aren't you? See, you've got to be like my mother used to say, you've got to be near the spout where the glory comes out. we could have the band and drummer boy back. Are you back there behind the curtain? Oh, they're upstairs. Today would be good, guys. Let's get a move on. I love picking on musicians. As my son's one, it's like a worldwide quest for me. Do you know I remember a moment when I was really complaining to God. And I know that none of you ever do that. But there's always, there's always like a monkey on my shoulder that I have to shore up around my life like, Jenny, you're, you're not wanted, you're rejected. And I was complaining to God one day about it, saying, God, you know, why did I, why did I have to be born in this way? Welcome. Where's the rest of you? Thank you. I remember complaining to God and saying, why did I have to be born this way? A little bit of something, not Led Zeppelin. Just. And I remember complaining to God and saying, I just, I've never had fatherhood. I had a dad till I was 16. I don't know who my earthly dad is. And 
was complaining and I, I never forget the moment. And the Holy Spirit said to me this. He said, Jen, become what you were never given. And just because we weren't given everything that we required of life, God, the Holy Spirit says, I am your provider. And I can come and give you everything you need to be who you need to be. I wonder if you just stand with me. And then the Holy Spirit said this to me, incredible words. The Holy Spirit said, Jen, I want you to have such broad shoulders that humanity can stand upon your shoulders and touch my heart. Listen, I'm nobody special. I'm a 51-year-old with two artificial hips. I can barely walk. No, I'm joking, I can't. I'm the baby of a gang rape from Brisbane. I'm nobody special. I just said yes. I just, I had a moment. Like we're having today. <laughs> when I decided to step over a line. When I decided that I wasn't going to be lassoed into yesterday a moment longer. When I decided I was going to step north of my pain and I wasn't going to sit down. And, and it's not always been easy because I've had to take the Word of God and apply it to my soul. I've had to tell myself I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But there was a moment of decision. And I believe today in this place, there are many of us here. We're like, you know what, Jen? Today's my line in the sand. And like I said, you need to come back tonight because we're really going to lay hands on people and really minister this evening. But I believe there are decisions to be made. So I want you to close your eyes right now. If God is really speaking to you this morning, I want you to raise your hands right across this place. People, so there's people, hands going up all over the place. Quick, quick, quick. I don't have long. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to, I am going to command authority over your brokenness this morning and a step into your future. Who knows today what lies on the other side of this decision? I had no clue that I would be going and having afternoon tea with the British Prime Minister and cocktails in the Russian Embassy because I made a decision like today. I didn't know. Who knew? But God knows what lies, and more importantly, who lies on the other side of your story. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you literally want to walk into our lives, Lord God, and scoop us up. You want to speak into our spirits today and say, it's okay, I see your pain. But God, you love us too much to leave us there. And Father, I pray today that as decisions are made in hearts and lives, that brokenness will be bound this morning. And that people today would make a decision to walk into an expansive future. That people would make a decision today to step into territory 
that you have destined for their lives, that they were unaware of what you could do through their story. And so Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' name, I pray authority over brokenness and I speak a better word. Behold, I have made all things 